0: Straight up, the price of admission, growth stories, life lessons, turning points, service to others, truth, no bullshit, adding value, no smoke and mirrors, being the pressure, third down and 10, fighting below the surface, win or learn, always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder. These are the things that I think about when I talk to this group. They're still kindling that fire, taking to the fleet and beyond, living the values today through faith, with the family, and at the job, obsessed with ownership and accountability, winning at all costs, with uncompromised integrity, pedal to the metal, paying the price of admission. Let's go.
1: What's up, dude? Hey, can you hear me? I can. All right, cool. I just put my Bluetooth things on. Good. So that that's the lab, huh? That's where you make the magic happen.
0: Yeah, it's my uh, it's my bedroom. So, <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what are you using right now? What kind of headphones?
1: I got some Bose Bluetooth. Perfect speakers. Yeah, yeah. Come on, there we go. Up. I just got I just got them connected, so I can hear you a lot better now. Yes. Well, dude, you ready for this? I am ready for this, man. <clears throat> you want to sure. catch up for one second? So, sure. what the hell? What? What? Where are you? <laughs> what are you, where, where where are you living? I'm in Louisville, Kentucky.
0: I try to say it like the locals, uh, with a, you know, like so, a mouthful of marbles. If you
1: say it right, you say Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nevada, Nevada, Louisville, Louisville. There you go. Yeah. All right. I, I still say Louisville. So,
0: okay. Yeah. Um, so Jordan Stevens, you got a taste of uh, Jordan Stevens right there. Um, probably, you know, the most humorous one on the team, the funny guy, uh, Georgia Peach, tons of fun. Uh, <laughs> I, haven't heard that.
1: I haven't heard that one in a while.
0: Who else did you hear that from?
1: Other than no, that? that was the first thing. That was the, when I took the recruiting trip and I came up and I was with like, I don't know what year those guys graduated. I guess it was 05. It was Jeremy Chase and, you know, all yes. those guys. They were the ones that gave me that. Mick Yokitis. I mean, I was with them the whole night when we were up there, and uh, whatever. A few drinks later, I was tons of fun. I got no you idea. You were tons of fun. Yeah. Are you still tons of fun? Yeah. I mean, that's the way I, I, I like to think of it. I mean, you may change the shape, but still say, tons of so fun. So thousands of fun versus tons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> whatever, whatever, a little less than that is.
0: I gotcha. You. So you've heard a few of the the stories so far. Um, you know, what do you think about that uh, bar fight that you started down in the,
1: in Philly? Yeah, that I started. All right, yeah. well, let's talk about how that happened. If that's what you want to talk about, <laughs> you started it, right? The way that I remember that is that I walk out of a bar, club, what it, whatever condemned space we were having fun in that night. And all of a sudden I see you and Nietzsche standing over in the corner, and first of all, I know Nietzsche said he didn't have anything to do with it. I'm pretty sure Nietzsche said something about the guy's shirt or like the color of it. <laughs> in, in fact, I'm, I'm pretty positive that's exactly how it went down. And then you squashed it, it was done with, and then all of a sudden the next thing I turn around, it's it's not squashed at all, and then we had to we had to do something about that. But but the guy, I guarantee you. I mean, he landed a really good one on on my eyebrow. But I guarantee you, he was in worse shape. No doubt.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, and this is part of the intro for uh, Jordan Stevens. Everybody, uh, you, you got the first take of it. Um, here here's the other side of Jordo though. So. Um, I told my wife tonight, I was like, Hey, I'm going to talk to Jordan. tonight. I haven't talked to him forever. And Hey, what do you remember about Jordo? Uh, and she says, Hey, I remember Jordo from Newport, Rhode Island in the, the great Gatsby mansion that we had our graduation ball in, uh, yeah. where she got lost and she was crying and, and you were kind of like, I got you. Like, I know where he's at. I'll, I'll get you to the right spot. Um, and so that's what she remembers out of Jordan Stevens, the the big Papa Bear figure for uh, out of the group that um, you know gets
1: the right people in the right spot. So, no, um, I do remember that. I do remember that, and I also remember bit thinking, you know, she's probably looking at, at Tony's friends right now, thinking, "My God, like what? What, what have I? I loaned, into? <laughs> what have I loaned this guy to? You know, especially like that. That was pretty late in the night, but I hadn't thought about that. That was awesome."
0: Good. How about Atlantic City? That's another thing that we did. We hit Atlantic <laughs> City a few times. You know, Walsh had his uh, his summer, um, you know, his summer house there, uh, and we drove into Atlantic City. And,
1: you know, from New Jersey. Um, yeah. What do you remember about that trip? I remember a lot about that trip. I remember a lot of, about all of those trips. In fact, I remember too. The last time I was up there or near there was for Clint's wedding, which was dry by the way. Thanks Clint for that. <laughs> so we we all had to figure yes. out how to make that not so dry. But it was a blast. I mean, we had a great time for that. But the one that I remember the most was I mean, it was three people's it was three people's bachelor party. So yes. I mean, there was a lot there was a lot that was trying to be you know, fit into one single night, and I think we did that pretty successfully.
0: Yeah. I think so, I mean
1: So Ian was one of them? Uh, yeah. Who else? Well, well, Bookout was another one. Oh, gosh, Bookout. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bookout was another one. Then, of course, you. So, I mean, you know, we had different friends. There was a bunch of different folks there, mainly football guys, but there was a few other folks there, I think. And uh, it was a good mix. It, you know, it it, it went well until it didn't. It went well for a lot of people. And then it went not so well for everybody else, which is exactly (laughs) what you want out of a successful bachelor party, I think.
0: I'd, I'd agree there. Um, I got some uh, input from, uh, Matt Nishak too on, uh, on Jordo, So I'm going to, I'm going to spur a couple comments here. Uh, every, every class that Nishak failed, uh, you were in as well.
1: (laughs) Did you know that? I don't know if I knew that. I mean, it seems like every time I was struggling, I always had Nish to kind of lean on or like understand. So yeah, I think that would make sense. Yeah, one of them was NAV. Remember uh maybe it was a uh, maybe Lieutenant
0: Oberlander's class.
1: Oh my god, yes. Wow, yeah. I hadn't thought about that in a while. Yes. And, I didn't know he I didn't know he failed that. I can guarantee you 100% that I failed that, and I'm pretty sure I failed it again when I took it in the summer.
0: Uh what did you end up doing like when you graduated? What, what was your uh MOS or your uh, you know profession after that?
1: Well, I gra- when I graduated, I was going down to Pensacola for NFO. NFO yeah, and I went down there for. I mean, I'll talk about the graduating late part of that, but I didn't leave there till August, right? I didn't graduate in May. Yeah. with With everybody else. Um, so, what did you end I up led...
0: doing though? Like, like, what was your job like after that that Mo, you know, NFO experience? Like, yeah. what are you doing now today? Supply officer. Supply. Okay, so okay, got it now. Yeah. I was trying to yep. lead it down a path, trying to soak you back to. You know navigation but i'm not going to keep on going there because you're not you know no,
1: look i i i i failed it then i'd fail it again and any chance i had that i was around it where you were drawing anything that had to do with navigation you know, i just slowly pop smoke and roll out of the room i was i'm not gonna i wasn't gonna pretend that that was my thing and i was mistreated no i just failed it a lot
0: got it so you, you wrote a, a review for for that teacher what do
1: you remember yeah. about that <laughs> I remember making it a little bit personal. I cannot believe Matt remembers that. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah, I remember attacking him pretty personally. I remember attacking him for his, his haircut and his general appearance. Uh, but that guy earned every bit of that, and Matt knows that too. <laughs> but it didn't do many favors. It did not do many favors, and it was also one of the things that I have marked my entire life. When somebody asks you for a survey, you really you have the choice not to do it. No one can ever make you do the survey, so don't do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> unless it's uh, going to be beneficial for you, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, someone's going to read it, right? They yeah. have this they have this annoying tendency to want to know what people say about oh, it.
0: There's so many surveys going on right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, choose yeah. your battles, right?
1: Yeah, uh, here,
0: Here's the next one. Yeah. The newsletter. Yeah. What, what do you remember about the newsletter? The well, Jordan made.
1: Yeah, I remember it was a lot of fun for me. They used to have in the um in the bathrooms at school and you probably remember i mean people would yep. post up on there and say something about head it was it's called head gouge yep. you know head whatever head gouge and it would had information and some of the information was so ridiculous sometimes where i'm like wouldn't it be funny if some of this stuff was actually just ridiculous stuff and the people actually enjoyed listening to it and you know so i tried to do that with people I'd pick out a certain person. You know, try to observe them for a little while and make something and send it out to the football guys to make them laugh. Definitely never something I ever wanted other people to read. You know what I mean? Because the first few were like, oh, that's a little, that's, a, you know, that you you got to be in the locker room for that kind of humor. But um, I had a blast with that. I probably did like six or seven of them. I think the last one was Ram. And I thought, man, that's kind of, I, I went a little hard on Ram. That's not very really nice. So there's no, there's no reason for that. It was probably a bad Sunday afternoon and I was, you know, doing navigation.
0: (laughs) Exactly. All right. Um, Like, like everyone can see so far, Jordo is excellent with his words. Um, (laughs) Lastly, here's the last of the intro here. Um, There was a brigade wide uh, email that came out about an ice cream thief. Do you remember that? Um, Someone's, stole someone's ice cream and some you know like young officer on the on the ground said got got pretty serious about it uh like uh uh, entire you know brigade wide blast email about this this ice cream that got stolen and um you had to reply all respectfully of course um to the brigade of midshipmen what do you remember about that
1: i don't remember tony i don't remember that at all no i don't no sure who said who said that? I can't say. <laughs> Secrecy. No, I don't no, no. remember that.
0: You don't. Uh, that, uh-uh. that was another Matt
1: Neshek, um oh. story. <laughs> no, you sure? I don't. I don't remember that specifically, but it doesn't. I mean, you know, it doesn't sound like something that's below something that I would have done.
0: Oh, uh, well, I was like, going to no. tell into a pretty awesome story about setting your priorities about like what's actually important in life. But, uh, yeah, no, we, we get so caught up in the day to day of, you know, like the rules and that, that people take it to the extreme. And I think that, uh, that story was like a, you know, I'm going to make this little thing overcomplicated. Yeah. And, um. Yeah. So that's where I was going with that. But well
1: I think a lot of that I think a lot of that's true. And if I think about because you look back on some of that stuff and you're like, Well, why why poke the bear on a lot of this a lot of that bullshit? But it was exactly that. It was the same stuff Cam was talking about with like Curtis Bass and all that. It's like you just there's comes a certain point where you just go This has gotten so ridiculous and sometimes my presence here is so absurd that if you don't if you don't do something to push back on it you just feel even more foolish, right? Yep. And so you do actively sort of prioritize in a way, I guess, by doing stuff like that. And we had a lot of fun doing it. And mocking some of those things was probably some of the better times I had there.
0: Yeah, well, we all leaned on you for that because that's what you were good at. And we loved it. So. <laughs> all right. So here, here's another Georgian just like uh, like Jeff Lenore uh, from, from Georgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as soon as I, because I'm a Kane Brown fan, obviously, and then I, I heard the the new album come out, and I saw,
1: um, you know, the the Georgia song that came out. Are you a Kane Brown fan? I'm not a Kane Brown fan. Nothing, you know, whatever. No. I hadn't listened to it much. I mean, maybe two or three songs, but I do know he's from there. Too new school it.
0: for you. Who, well, who's your uh, a little
1: bit? Who's your your uh, music? Well, you'll me? appreciate this. I mean. So I went I went to the last three the last three concerts I went to were all Robert Earl Keane so you, you know Texas country and I just saw his like third to last concert which was here in the woodlands area here in uh, Houston which was amazing I mean he's changed a bit he's he's like sitting down now he's not getting up and entertaining and all that and and that was his last tour and I've been listening to him for the last two months pretty much on loop nice so, you're so moving- a little bit a little bit older school with some of that, I guess. Yeah,
0: the the older country version type yeah. thing. That's what, that's what you're, you're into. Yeah. Um, so you're living in Houston. I'm going to stop right now. I'm going to say, um, Jordan, tell us your story, man.
1: Yeah. Well, so living in Houston now, but grew up originally uh, north of Atlanta in Gainesville, Georgia, which from Jeff Lennar was probably like 35, 40 minutes north. And grew up in an area that was pretty rural. I mean, you would consider it pretty much halfway between the North Georgia mountains and Atlanta, um, which was a great place to grow up. I never had any, you know, any issues with the area, but it was certainly not ever a a football town, a football place where I grew up. I mean, it was one of the worst football programs in the entire state until I got to about ninth grade. And then the craziest thing happened it was this group of guys that came up from south georgia led by a guy whose name was bob christmas right bob christmas that's his real name and (laughs) they came up and it was like this traveling band of gypsies with this vision and this plan of how to build a football team at a place that was awful i mean just a shithole of of football and brick by brick literally i mean they built a stadium through people's Fundraising efforts through bake sales, and I mean, you name it. Car washes. These guys for a couple of years had this plan, put it in place, started rallying the community around what a football program would, what a good football program would look like. And uh, I started to take notice and get interest in it because people around me did. And I didn't play until tenth grade. I didn't, I didn't join the team until tenth grade. Didn't know much about it. Didn't have much interest in it. Just saw my buddies doing it and and thought I could do better than they could about well, most Well, I mean, you were
0: uh, first team all-state Georgia, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and had some great guys on my team. I mean, we ended up getting a guy uh, playing running back who was drawing every recruit, uh, every school in to recruit him, and, you know, I piggybacked off that. I benefited from his success because he was so good. Um, I mean, weekly, on a weekly basis, we would have – People come through there, Mississippi State, Virginia, whatever. I mean, programs that were, would never look at any of us, but they were looking at him, and they'd give us a courtesy look. And you talk to them, and the coach, do you would get to meet more people. And,
0: do you remember how many people in your graduating class? Like the size of the school.
1: I think and, and, in, the, in
0: Georgia, like how do you rank the size of the school? Like in Texas, you say you know five A,
1: four A, three A. It goes up to six A now, but at, at the time it was five A, and that wa- and we were a three A. Okay, you know yeah. what I mean. So yeah, we, so we I was a three A.
0: Um, my graduating class was like, um, maybe hundred and fifty.
1: Okay, people. I want to say we were over two hundred, but it wasn't much over that. Okay, gotcha. So yeah. similar, similar scale. Yeah, yeah. S- similar. And and you know, so there was never a notion. That those all those opportunities were going to be available to me, but once they started coming to talk to him and they would give you the time of day and at least say, "Hey, do you, you know, you think you have any other guys who may want to play football?" and they'd at least talk to you, I started to think about it and started to think, well, you know, if I pour into my whole junior and senior year, maybe there's a chance to to do that. And at the time, for a number of different reasons, you know, getting out of town was appealing to me, and so I sort of made that my goal. And I was pretty I was pretty consumed by it. I didn't know how it would end up. I certainly didn't have any ambitions to go to a service Academy or, or do anything like that, but it sort of fell on my lap. Brian Bohan, um, was North Georgia. Like Jeff said, I think he, you know, I don't know. I think he may have had the whole state. I don't know, (laughs) but, but he worked North Georgia pretty hard and he, he came back time after time and I had a leg injury and he kept coming and eventually, you know, ended up coming over to the house and, uh, sold me on it. I, 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 had no idea. How did he sell
0: you on that though? Cuz I mean that that's kind of like <coughs> outside your normal thing, right? Like yeah. going into the military is that something you were like, yeah, I want to go do that or are you just like, hey, here's an <laughs>
1: opportunity. Not in the slightest. I mean, it was it was an opportunity to keep playing football. I mean, I looked at a number of different places. I'd say the majority of them, you know, Southern Conference, Georgia Southern whatever charleston southern smaller schools that were around the area that do you have
0: any other offers?
1: georgia southern was one i mean <laughs> air force was around too i actually went out there and visited did all that but no i mean there was very small schools that were
0: so you visited interested in. the air force academy
1: yeah How was i that? did i think i went out there with uh i'm pretty sure craig schaefer was on that <laughs> trip i remember man we just him we
0: just captured all of them you know i know um everybody that that split the academy visits that they all came to navy at that time so
1: it's interesting i don't know i think on that trip there was a few guys that had gone to army and had gone to navy and whatever else and they were really into the air force i mean i went with one guy who was actually in my school and he committed to air force because he was you know we got out there he said it's beautiful we can go fishing we can go hunting we can do the hiking thing all that kind of stuff and i'm like sure yeah, yeah, sure you can. If you escape this prison, I mean, if you if you if, if you climb over the wall without getting shot and then you can make it 7 miles that way, you know, you may get to a decent fishing hole before they drag your ass back here. I mean, I I, I wasn't I wasn't, you know, I wasn't I didn't have any misconceptions about the fact that hey, that that's a pretty desolate spot. Yeah. Right? And the the absolute inverse of that was you get downtown to navy and you can take a back you know, you can take a step out the back gate and you could be downtown and it was different. Even then, even then, when you're looking at it and you've gone on the trip, you're already scoping out the back gate. You're like, well if I if I slide through that son of a bitch right there, I can get all the <laughs> way downtown. And I and I can I can get back and nobody'll even know it if you know who's at that gate right there. So, you know, there was differences and there was a there was a whole lot more differences than that, obviously. That's just I'm just being silly about that. But I mean the guys themselves were totally different. The way that Jeremy Chase I say Jeremy Chase, because Jeremy Chase had a pretty big role in all that. Yeah. Jer- Jeremy Chase and Mickey Okitis and Evan Beard and a few of the guys that showed me around. I mean, I think Bobby McLaren was there at the time too. Yeah. Anyway. They just they just they sold it. It wasn't it wasn't the place. It was them. Awesome.
0: Yeah well cool keep going
1: yeah and so decided to do that and i didn't have any any notion that i was going to go straight in i mean once they told me that once they started talking about the prep school it's one of those things like you just said prep school so let's cut to the part where i go to the prep school because you before i mean we both know that and it sounds like from listening to everybody else too like i mean maybe they should look into how navy does high school gpa my my high school gpa was shit too I mean, there's like four people that have had terrible <laughs> high school GPAs that are getting in, but that's why um, they have prep schools. That's why they have prep schools. I mean, stick it in Newport, Rhode Island, see if they can stick it out. <laughs> but that's 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 what happened, and then they ended up going. What up was there your high? And... Do you remember your high school GPA? No, I don't remember yeah. the high school GPA. Yeah, I mean, me neither. No, I don't remember anything after being required to get a 2.0 at the naval academy I, or before that. <laughs> I don't remember anything. But I know the problem was, the problem was I failed math and it was a, it was a Algebra two, I think, and I failed it. And I failed it like a week before Bohannon came back down to kind of okay. talk, talk to me about the process again. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't realize that. So there, you just made my job harder. So congratulations. You're going to Newport, Rhode Island. <laughs> and I don't remember. I didn't have, I didn't have the best relationship with my, high school coach there at the end i I don't really have a reason for that i mean i you could probably go through a million different reasons but i don't think i i don't think i caught the bus to church enough but whatever i mean the thing is he just he just had issues with the way i was living life and that was fine but nobody really followed up with me about you know where are you going next or whatever and so i ended up graduating and they're talking to me about going to the naval academy how much i'm going to love annapolis and you know, it's going to be this beautiful thing, and I'm standing there in the last week of school, like, "Hey, you know, not for nothing here, but I'm going to Newport, Rhode Island. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be in Newport, Rhode Island for a year, and, and then and then I'll get there." And so, it, it was a bit different. I was processing those last few months, kind of, kind of on my own, figuring out how to do that. But, yeah. Sorry. Do you, Do you have
0: like a, a a fun? Because no one like when when you're getting recruited, uh, when you when you're going. To through a process like that you're not like super excited to go to the prep school. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I and I personally think that there were so many really good things to learn out of that experience. Um, yeah. but was there something that stood out in your mind, uh, from that prep school experience that you were like, I mean, that was awesome. I wish I could, you know, I'm glad I lived that because it taught me X, Y, and Z.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll get there. But I had to go through a lot of that first because a lot of the other part of that first, because the people, that I was assigned with in my particular, what do we call it? Platoons, right? Yep. At the time, uh, you know, I I could list them all. It was Josh Smith, it was Clay Wilson, it was Travis Sawtell, it was it was about five or six people that within three months gone, gone. I mean, yep. Tony, I spent I spent all my time with these guys geographically, right? You're in the same hallway.
0: Yep,
1: you're they're door to door, and so those were the guys that I was talking to, and. You know, they were dropping one by one and not for any other reason than it it probably wasn't the best fit for them. And uh, so I started to look at things like, wow, you know, what am I what am I missing here? I mean, this this, why is everyone why is this so rough on everybody? Um, And then, you, you know, you stick around after the season and the grades start coming in and, you know, things start getting a little bit harder and there's not football to go to anymore. It's just kind of working out in school. And I mean, that can drag on you. And sure. and it did. It did for me. And I was headed down a trajectory where it was like, you know, these these grades aren't shaping up. I mean, I, I didn't have a two GPA there at NAPS until the very last day. Yep. And I never got I never got any documentation that said I had that. So I don't know what it actually was. I think they just, you know, they helped me and Nishak along. Maybe he was a little higher than that. I don't know. But he was in all those classes. So you, <laughs> I, he wasn't much higher than that. But, yeah. I mean, that, that was a struggle. But the thing about the football aspect of that, which is the best part that I wanted to talk about, was the people that we got to see. I mean, those 2004 graduates, McLaren and Eric Roberts and uh, Eckle, to a certain extent, I guess, and a couple of the other guys, Akin Bimi, I mean, you know, those guys were there. Those guys were freshmen when 9-11 happened. I mean, they had... They had a very unique perspective on life. They had a passion for the game. They they believed in the Naval Academy and they they loved it. And I think those guys single handedly kind of kept us pushing through at least that year and yeah. kind of inspired us in a lot of ways for the next few because of the way that they did things. McLaren specifically, obviously. I mean, you know, the guys, amazing. So um, that was the best part of it. it just if you can if you can stick this stuff out, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be around. You're gonna be around guys like this. You're gonna have teammates like this. You're gonna be able to. Do some great things. So
0: here's, here's, a, you know, n- not a realization to me, but um, you just yeah. like painted an awesome picture because um, they were all really good coaches, really good yeah. mentors. Um, yeah. And they also brought through a really good class of yeah. people that pursued the path that they wanted to challenge, right? So a lot of yep. us that came out of NAPS, like, like, we were a huge senior class. Like, if you look back on it, we had a lot of really good talent. Um, not, like, you know, perfect, obviously. Um, yeah. Everyone had their struggles. They went through it. But, like, at the end of the day, when we walked across the stage, um, there were a lot of 2010 seniors, period. Yeah. Versus a lot of other classes before and after. And... Uh, I agree with you. I think we had uh, some good mentors there that that helped us going through it. So um, yeah. uh, I'm also attributing that to uh, uh, not attributing that to, but trying to tie that into you know today, right? Like yeah. you want to have a, a good boss, you want to have a good um, mentor, and um, when you do, and when the mentorship works,
1: the freaking ship sails, right? Yeah. So It it clicks, doesn't it? I mean, and and, and those guys were a huge part of that. And I'd like to think it's not too far from their minds, the fact that, you know, what was going on in the world and the things that were happening when they were there. I mean, they had a clarity and they had sort of a vision in front of them while they were at the Naval Academy that, that made things, you know, made things pretty straightforward. I mean, you know what you're going to do. You know where you're pretty much going to be sent when this whole thing's done. You know what that's going to take because you're watching the football guys ahead of you who graduate go and do those things, right? So here's what you got. You got the here and now. You have the next three or four years to have a, you know, a hell of a football team, to have a hell of a football experience, and don't don't waste that. And I think those guys were pretty uniquely positioned to help us along. And, you know, I, 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 think, I think probably carried the program for the next – Eight to ten years, just the way it way things work. (laughs) Yep. No. You know. I get it, dude. That's good. Yeah.
0: Um. So how about uh? All right. So fast forward. That's that's the Nap story. Tell us about the Annapolis story.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you get a few weeks, and then you go up to Annapolis, and you get through the plebe summer stuff, and you're back in football, which was a, a sigh of relief. I mean. You know the whole the whole time for me was, you know, just dancing on the edge of just getting in enough trouble to where people knew who you were. <coughs> which like, which like when my, you
0: sent that reply all to the entire brigade of yeah show about
1: ice cream, I'm gonna have to find out about the ice cream thing. But I'm sure that <laughs> happened. Who knows? Entertain <laughs> myself for five minutes and then pay for it for the next five weeks. That was about how I handled business. <laughs> that's a, that's not a smart thing if you want to do a. You know, lessons learned podcast. But, <laughs> but when you get to, when when you finally get back to the football team, you know, you start to breathe a sigh of relief, or at least I did. It was not, it, there was not this anxiety that I felt. It was not this, I, you know, I, I want to instantly contribute, whatever. I didn't have any real notions about that. It was just to be, be happy that I was back with a group of guys who, who, who got it and were, were there for the same purpose. And, um, you know things were good. I would not call that group that we were with, and I was think, I was thinking about this because <clears throat> the group of seniors that we had, you know, at least on a defensive line, when we were freshmen. I mean, this was not this this was a different kind of love thing that Marshall was talking about. It this was not a group that was there to ease your transition onto no the team, coddling, right? No. no, there was no coddling in this group. I mean, you think of Ty Adams and John Chan and Dave Wright and those guys. Dude. It was. Yeah. You don't have a seat, so stand the fuck up. You know what I mean? It was like you're yeah. not there's nothing here that's comfortable, so just be quiet for a second. And, and and in that way, that was kind of comforting because it's like, yeah, man, this i've I've missed this. Um, so you do that and that like I said, the worked worked my way, I think, into a position to be able to to contribute over the next year or two. Um, try to find my footing I mean I had all kinds of issues with grades and all that after the first semester so you know those challenges were always there for the first couple of years and I was always fighting through that stuff and uh, I was roommates at the time um, I ended up with Marshall and Mike Matthews which I'll tell you about in a second uh, but I, was a bit,
0: yeah. I wish I could just and, easily call Mike Matthews before this and say hey what do you remember and, but he's yeah. you know, in Japan so
1: I'm kind of glad you didn't put it that way <laughs> And he, uh, so I was with Kyle Bookout and I was with, you know, a couple other guys. And I was drawing a lot of attention to them and I felt horrible about it because it was like, you know, you're doing all this stuff and you're dealing with all these things. You don't want to drag other people in it. Um, But he was amazing about it and he he was a great guy to be around for those first couple years and helped me through things up there. And um, yeah, we did that. And then after a couple years, I switched companies and I went into Marshall and Mikey's company. Which was amazing. I mean, you know, why did you make the, the switch? Well, it wasn't how that worked. <laughs> work? Well, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, I'm going there. It. I had an argument, okay, with the the uh, company officer who, you know, I'm sure was a great guy, family man, all that kind of thing. But he was a douchebag and a half, right? <laughs> and he didn't he didn't care about me. He didn't care. I mean, he had it out for me from the beginning, and I'm sure I didn't help. With the way I, you know, responded to him and was attentive to his request so he moved me out of the room that I was in, moved me into my own room, like kind of like isolated by myself, right? Mm-hmm. And I told—I don't know if it was Bryce or if it was Captain um, Hamilton, Hamilton, at the time. But I was like, man, here's the situation. I mean, is there anything I can do about this? Like, I don't want to have any more to do with this guy. I don't want this to elevate anymore. And so the suggestion was, you know, we'll, we'll change you companies and we'll put you with Marshall and Matthews, um, in their company who had a great, you know, a great company officer. And of course you're with those guys and they, you know, so everybody that, in that company absolutely loved Marshall to death as you would imagine. Right. So, right. so, you know, so there wasn't a lot of issues there.
0: That, uh, the new company officer, how, yeah. that, how'd that interaction go straight off the bat after that change? Mm-hmm.
1: Not bad, and I think I handled that, you know, pretty well. It was just, look, I, I've had some issues over there. I don't want to cause any problems for you. You know, I just want to do exactly what's requested of me, and, and, and that's that. I think it was a bad situation. If I give you any trouble, you know, I, I, please let me know, but I do not plan to do so, you know. And, yeah. and I think that he was pretty receptive to that. And this was an aviator, and he was a very, you know, he had a different approach than what I was dealing with at the other you know, into the hallway.
0: The other end of the hallway was, that must've been a, uh, like high and tight Marine major. Yep. So I'm thinking, it I was. don't remember exactly. Okay.
1: All right. We don't have to go there anymore, but yeah, well, that's pretty much it. I mean, I was there with them for the next two years, which was a great experience because I mean, obviously I'm spending time, you know, doing the football thing with Marshall. And then you go back there and you get to kind of, BS with them in the room and you get to go yeah. through all these different things for the next couple of years. So I, I couldn't have asked for a better experience with all it's, that. Honestly. It's
0: funny how that works. Like in your, you know, immediate zone, your, your immediate environment. Like if you're yeah. crushing things, it's because you're comfortable and you're, you know, accepted for whatever differences, whatever it is. Um, it's just crazy how just a little like that can totally flip um, performance around. Can I
1: think, think so too. Yeah, no, I do. I think it clears the mind quite a bit when you realize that people are you know, people are not people are not looking at your every decision. People are letting you be yourself but they'll let, you know, there are standards there are restrictions that you've got to adhere to but, um, but they were very good about it. That, that was a much better situation. And honestly, it helped me in school. It helped me in other aspects of life too. I think it helped me in football even. So good. that I was very lucky that happened and didn't go the other way because at that point, you know, you're, you're past two years in. If you're causing trouble at that point, you know, it it's just, it's not good, at least there. Sure. Yeah.
0: So that was your whole uh, experience with the, yep. uh, how did, uh, you know,
1: what's the next step? Yeah. So after that, and it, you know, because of, Like I was saying, all the challenges and everything that we had that I had in school, um, I fell behind a little bit, me and a couple of other guys. So we were we were still around after graduation, after May of 2010. It was me and Blake Carter and uh, maybe maybe one other person that I remember football wise that were that were there, you know, when everybody else had left. Um, and I remember that specifically being a very challenging time just because it's like, good Lord, man. I mean, it's, you know, nowhere, nowhere you look is there anybody that's familiar, right, to the, to the extent that you've known it for the last four years. So that, that was a tough time. And looking back on that, you know, tougher, tougher on, on some than I, than I expected. But yeah. um, we, we, got, we got through that, and I went down to Pensacola. I didn't hit on any of the football stuff, but I guess I can come back to that in a minute. Yeah, we'll come back to it. All right. I got done with that uh, and left and went down to Pensacola. And I was there for like six months, seven months before I even started school, right? And it was one of those situations where it's was like, oh, please, i got to wait another six months to do anything. I mean, it, some people would enjoy that, I guess. I, I was just over that at that point. And started school, went through the whole basic course part of it. They had medical questions about me. I wasn't even enjoying the thing, and so halfway through it, I was like, "Guys, look. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're supposed to feel. I don't know what the thrill is when you're going through all this, but I ain't got it. And <laughs> you know, if if I don't if I don't quickly adjust and do and do something that's more, you know, more me, then this ain't going to go well. And so I uh, decided to redesignate, and I redesignated to Supply core out of there, which was all a matter of timing because when you're talking about fiscal year and billets and all that stuff, it's just what's available. And so, you know, you get the lowdown, hey, there's three or four supply billets, there's four Intel billets, there's this and that, and then everybody kind of is trying to figure out how to get those, and some people didn't uh, fight too hard for those things, and they ended up, you know, being released or, or whatever, so well, I wasn't did, ready for that.
0: Why didn't you go to uh,
1: Intel? I don't. I I didn't put that because I wasn't really familiar with the community. And my God, I mean, I didn't think they would select me for that. Uh, maybe maybe they would have. I mean, maybe it was a desperate time, but I would think that they would have some sort of undergraduate curricula for their selectees that I wouldn't meet. I don't remember why not, but okay. Well, I had that ask. I, to. I mean, yeah. You just thought I'd be a great intel guy. No, it's okay.
0: No, I'm sure. Like, I mean, well, <clears throat> to me, being a good intel guy is uh you're like you gotta kind of be obsessed with you know the details and understanding what's going on yada, yada yada but what i think you bring to the table if you wanted to go that route is like your communication skills obviously yeah. so far in this talk is like awesome
1: <laughs> well i i would have you know i'm sure that would have been a great thing i don't know they probably would have routed you through a ship and you probably would have done a couple things just like i'm doing with supplies so it probably could have evened out but the supply corps guy was super great. I mean, he, he sort of was, you know, talking to me. He had some I don't know. He had football background or sports background or something. So I was kind of drawn to him, and he was he was preaching the gospel of supply corps. And I ended up doing it, and I've been very grateful that I did. Why? Well, I ended up going to, back up to Newport, Rhode Island. It was like it was like back to what made you. You know, I was there for six months, seven months during the supply corps school and then down to Norfolk, where I was the assistant supply officer on a ship. Um, and, you know, I know you, I, you were logistics. I don't know how you organize it from a enlisted rate perspective or whatever, but what they give the supply guys are essentially the logistics specialists, right, that manage parts and budget, the food guys, the, the guys that cook the food, right, the willing volunteers, right, And then, <laughs> and then the guys in the S3 department who's – who cut hair, stack the vending machines, do the laundry, right? So you've got a very unique mix of folks there. And in almost any case, whatever ship you go to always needs somebody to come in in a leadership role to, to take the reins. And And I actually thought it was kind of great.
0: And shoot the breeze.
1: And shoot the breeze. A, at every least... single different angle you can think about. Oh, for God's sakes, man. And And, you know, and they sniff you out so quick. So if you don't show yep. up in some sort of... Some sort of way to meet them on their level or to show them that you're ready for the job, it can be tough for you. And and sure. I found that kind of refreshing. It was kinda of like being back in the locker room.
0: And that probably sets you apart.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, in the beginning there in Norfolk, it was tough to find it was tough to find like minded officers who, you know, kind of approached things the way that I did, but I didn't find that to be unique. I kind of expected that. And that and that's okay. But as you as I've gotten older I've found it. And as I came back to a ship the second time around as a department head in charge of the same guys, I mean, it was, it was a pretty awesome experience. Awesome. And so I did that. I did the second department head job in Spain. I spent two years in Spain. Uh, I was over in Rota where we have some DDGs and was there for two years and left, left three months after uh, COVID. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing now? Now I'm at a, I'm in Houston. I'm at ExxonMobil. Um, I got selected for a program called Training with Industry. And so for the last four months, I've been at Exxon. Um, I'm in the Inland Barge Operations Division, kind of observing the way that they move stuff in and out of the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's really cool. But, again, you're at a headquarters job. You're a guy who nobody knows, so you're always just fighting for a chair. Yeah. In the room and you're only gonna learn as much as you like push for, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's different. So you're you've transitioned? I haven't transitioned. I'm still active duty. Okay. It's uh it's just a, a an active duty program. That's interesting. Yeah. So I went to Kansas. I was at a uh I got my MBA at the University of Kansas. Dude, am I the only yep.
0: guy that didn't Get a master's
1: but now? No, I mean, you know, it's they, they just build it into the Navy thing. It's like they don't have to think. It's just you go, you go <laughs> get your degree and you don't have to worry about you for two years. Yeah. Um, but I did that and I was there and it's a program where you get your MBA, but your focus is petroleum management. Yeah. Right? And so you go from here and you go to a fuels <laughs> job and then I got selected for the for the Exxon thing, and then I'll go to Rush. a fuels job after this. Yep. Soak that up, man.
0: I uh, yeah. I know some people in, in petroleum, actually, like, when I got out, that's why I went and I did that. And, uh, yeah, keep learning because – And build, build a lot of relationships <laughs> in that community because it's not going anywhere. I mean, we can keep on building, you know, the, the towers that spin and, you know, sunshine – capturing energy but it's just not going to compete with petroleum period um you know even but by the time our great grandkids are uh, are living and breathing so
1: you said it man and that's the way a lot of these guys think i mean they're talking about things that are in 2040 and 50 and 60 i mean you know operating with a lot of confidence about their existence on yeah. the, you know so it's it's been unique i don't I don't know what where this is going to go or how it's going to deal with it, but I know how the Navy's going to use it for the next few years. So for sure, I'm trying to figure it out.
0: Maybe China will figure out how to make a solar powered, you know, destroyer ship. Yeah. Until that, time. <laughs> uh, you're you're on the right track. So I'm gonna cut yeah. straight into it right now. Are you ready for the price yeah. of admission? What does it mean to you?
1: Yeah. So I have. I mean, I've loved listening to everybody talk about it give their perspective on it and the i guess you what i would want to talk about is the the things that come to mind when you think of it right when you say it it's like some of the stuff that's been suppressed like stuff you don't even think about like i told you i room with Bookout. out i remember a time before fourth quarters you know snow snowy day whatever it is march february march where we're getting out of bed it's pitch black dark he has like slipped a disc in his back Yep. I mean, I mean to the point where he can't even move, right? And he's trying to step down onto his desk. You remember how the desks were, you had to step yep. down onto the desk, right? And That's so he's trying to
0: face played a few times on a roller, you know, roller chair.
1: Oh my god. Oh yeah, you get a rolly chair, right, and then you just yeah. Anyway, so he steps down and I'm trying to help him down. The guy can barely walk. I'm helping the guy put on his shoes, and then he goes out, and he goes out and he does a perfect fourth quarters and comes back and can barely move, right? Um, Ian Meredith, the same year, I think it was the same year, Ian Meredith goes out there with full-blown mono and pneumonia and does the same thing. He can't, even, he can't even leave the hall. It's like I take Kyle out into the hallway, I grab Ian, and we walk out to go do it, and then they both knock it out. Later we find out all these problems with him. Joe Taylor was a guy who was a backup quarterback who one day had hurt his knee so bad he couldn't do anything about it. I think he had surgery. And later in the day, it was raining. It was like a Tuesday full contact practice where he had no business being out there and was like crutching, you know, crutching his way through the rain to get out to like the farthest, whatever, farthest piece of shit football field that was down by the lax. You know what I'm talking about? I know anyway. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, he had to go all the way down there, right? And And just did it. And it was one of those things where guys were like, my God, man, I mean, you know it was moments to me that made made the price of mention because it it was that it was just that immediate stuff it was like how can i earn the respect of the guys that i give a shit about today i mean tomorrow i'll figure it out <laughs> tomorrow i will have to drag myself out of the bed again but if i'm going to remain a part of this if i'm going to keep you know this whole thing going i've got to do my job today and i think that was unique i don't i don't think that that exists in other places and it exists because people just literally want the chance to be on the team, and they want a chance to be with their brothers, and be respected by them, and and that's what it's about. That's what it was about, and I'm sure that it is to a certain extent what it what it still is. Um, and it's very special. Yep,
0: chance to you know? be on the team. Yeah, yeah, and a uh, chance not not just yeah. to be on the team, but like the chance to be on.
1: Like, the baddest team ever. And you got that right, dude. And a chance to just be there in the fourth quarter when you're actually in a game with Ohio State that people can't believe it. Or you're in there, you're about to beat Notre Dame for the second time, and they just literally can't. I remember when that second time, and I think the second time, and I'd have to check this, Notre Dame, I don't think it was particularly close. I mean, I think it might have been, you know, seven to ten points. It wasn't like a last-second kind of thing, like the first one was. Yep. And and I remember that one of their guys literally the clock goes to zero, and he just looks up and just goes, "Fuck," you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, that's a that's a that's a defeated that's dude. Fuck. I mean, that that that's uh that makes it worth it. It, it makes, makes it, it worth it. It makes it worth it. And it seems you know it seems improbable to a lot of people, but not the people that you know, not the not the people that were crutching along just to be part of it. And those weren't even like role players, right? I mean, those were role players. They weren't people that you were like, this is a starter week in, week out. It wasn't, it didn't, yeah. it didn't matter. Like we've said a hundred times. Culture. It was culture. Yeah.
0: It was. No doubt, dude.
1: <sighs> yeah. Good times. And and my piece in that, my piece in that, and, and I, I don't look at it any different than this, was... I rolled in there every day, and I had, honest to God, had no clue. And we talked about Coach Pearson. I had the most transactional relationship with with him I've ever had with anybody, which was, hey, man. He'd go, hey, Jordan, uh, you're going to be with the B's today. Okay, got it. Or he would say, hey, I'm going to roll you in with the A's today. Or, hey, we had a situation, so I'm going to try you over here. You'll be a nose guard today, and then I want you to rotate in with you. It, nobody really cared. It didn't really matter. Yeah. where you were playing or who was filling it because it was literally like, well, we'll play hard, we'll practice and hopefully it'll be a good practice and then at the end of the week, who's ever in the game that's fine because you know two quarters from now they'll be like tapping their head and the next guy <laughs> the next guy goes in and you just I don't know it, it was different to me in that way. I, I didn't feel that we had internal you know animosity or whatever in that room and, and that was cool to be a part of true because it's really hard to find that nowadays um yeah i mean i would think so and
0: you know as a as a lineman and you guys and i could never have done what what y'all did was you know just body to body physical strength it's almost like boxing like i said with uh with neshack um like you gotta tap every now and then uh, because if you don't tap then you're physically mentally even like the most mentally strongest um you got to tap every now and then so you can get someone else to come in and relieve just because that's a lot dude like and if you're if you're trying to push through it you're doing a disservice to the team so that tap while it may be perceived as a weakness um from the outside but if you
1: understand the situation when you tap then it makes sense Right. And I, yeah, I and mean, you're exactly right. And the guys you, the guys we build too, at least on the defensive line, did at the time was, hey, you're you're option defensive lineman. I mean, you're going to earn your chops in camp and in spring ball, and you're going to earn your chops stopping the option to the best extent that you can, which means you got to give up a lot of your body. I mean, you're not going to. It's not. That's not your pass rush. That's not your avoiding the guy to get to the quarterback. I mean, that's that's collision, and then you're going to have to get off of the block and do something. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of physical impact. You talk about knee check, shoulder and knee. I mean, that's. Do you have any, was, do you have any big injuries? I just had really rough ankles. I mean, I've, I've obviously got shoulder pain and I had an issue with my like pec muscle and a few other things, but I didn't have to have surgery on anything while I was there. Thank God. Um, but I had terrible ankles and that, you know that hurt me sophomore year, junior year, and senior year. Senior year more than anything. But, mm. You know, gotcha. was what it was. Yeah.
0: So that's your uh, price of admission. We talked yeah. about your story. Um, yeah. What's the family look like nowadays, Jordo?
1: Yeah. So I've got I've got a five year old girl uh, named Tyler. Um, that's my middle name, so I, I named her my middle name, and
0: that's an she- awesome.
1: Uh, girl name by the way thanks thanks dude and yeah so she's she's five she just started kindergarten here and she's i mean you know she's exactly like Catherine. i mean she, you know personality wise it is freakish but she looks just like me i mean she has the brown eyes she whatever and then i have a three-year-old named james uh so i've got the girl and the boy and uh and it's just it's just a blast dude i mean
0: so you done or are you gonna keep on going
1: I don't know. I thought I was done after two. I mean, you know.
0: Well, you hit the boy and girl, so.
1: I know. I know, right? It's like you feel like you've kind of like rounded out a little bit. But then there's like, well, am I done being around like a a little baby? I mean, that's kind of awesome. So um, I don't know yet. I'm not going to give up trying, you know what I'm saying? That didn't happen. So (laughs) Uh, I I don't know. We'll see. I never thought I'd have three. I mean, did you think you'd have three? I didn't think. No,
0: I'd no, no. There. Actually, you know, I I remember having two. I had the you know boy, and then I had a girl second. And I told me we're done. We're good. Yeah. And then um, I was driving home one day, and I heard a song, and that's all it took. I was like, "Yep." You know, I'm, I'm that, that's my thing is is the music thing, and I had a crazy song come through, and it uh, affected me. So yeah, dude, well, like, "That's you." No, bro. we're not done yet. Like. One more. (laughs) Uh, So now I'm done. Until I find that next song, uh, yeah, I'm
1: done. So (laughs) that that is you, man. I could see that completely. Getting the inspiration from music. That's awesome.
0: So so you still breathing out of your neck?
1: (laughs) Not so much. Uh, I think if I do, it's probably because I, you know, like walk too far in the parking lot, but. Yeah. I heard Marshall's I heard Marshall say that and I just remember I remember he was probably looking at me when I'm sitting there just trying to get my breath, you know, just trying to do one more thing without collapsing. I was probably looking like I was staring at the ceiling or something. But it's so funny.
0: When you listened to that uh that first episode. Yeah. What kind of memories did that bring back?
1: I think it brought back a lot. I mean, you know, I, I, I got to spend I mean, my God, man. I got to spend a lot of time roommate, with Marshall. right? Yeah, my, yeah absolutely. And, uh, you know, it dude's just a real deal. He's always been the real deal. I mean, he puts things in a perspective that other people can't and makes things clear for people, which obviously has put him in the situation that he's in. I mean, the hardest part was listening to everything he's had to go through for the past year or two years or whatever. I mean, that's, that's a lot. I wasn't tracking all that, so. Um consider that a personal failure, but um I couldn't have had a better experience. I wouldn't have traded it for the world. I mean, first of all, people people loved Marshall. I'm talking about he had like he had a fandom. He had people come by the room just to like talk to him and stuff. <laughs> I'm serious. I said I've never seen anything like this. This is incredible.
0: Yeah. Um
1: but in a lot of ways it was you know, it's kind of inspiring stuff. He's he's pretty special. Yeah.
0: Obviously, no yeah, definitely a leader of our pack for sure.
1: Yeah, and how lucky were we, right? I mean, yeah. can you can can you name a single other person while we were there who who was like, you know, had that sort of background in any kind of way that acted as sort of a liaison for us? Not many. Yeah, maybe no. I think maybe we all all
0: looked up to him, especially you know, I talked about the the two thousand four. Uh, Navy GAD group that, you know, ended up coaching us at NAPS. And then Marshall Marshall went through that. But, like, when we got there and I think, you know, I think we can all agree upon um, Marshall was kind of that guy for for all of us. Well, he, you know, says, like, well, I didn't get any playing time, you know, and him being all humble about that. But there was a different type of inspiration that came out of him that I think we all fed off of which is another no, special piece of of the class that made it through in, in a bulk, uh, bigger group of people in, in general versus historic graduating classes.
1: No, without a doubt. I mean, you, you just got to listen to Jeff's thing again to know that. I mean, Jeff said, right, that he was a huge motivation for him to become a Marine officer. And I don't doubt that there's probably 10 other guys that would say the exact same thing. Because it's like, I know, what, I know what Wright looks like. I know what I want to try to model this after. I may not know how to do it, but I'm going to figure it out with that in mind. And I think he provided a huge amount of a clarity for all of us.
0: Well, what about Mike Matthews? Let's let's yeah. into the to the Mike Matthews story. I want to get him on here soon. Um, Absolutely, being in Japan, it's been a little bit more difficult, but um, yeah. What do you remember about
1: Mike? Well, Mike was amazing too. I mean, the thing about Mike that was so amazing is, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Mike would have a paper or a project. I think he was an ocean oceanography guy. He would have something due the next day and would start, start that shit at like 1 or 2 in the morning, right? And would somehow pull out a product. I don't know how he did it that was, you know, B, C material. And he did it all the time. And it was like I'd take a peek because I was in sort of like the middle. There was Marshall over to the right, and then I was in the middle. And then he had – you know, Mike had this like isolated sort of around the corner room that he was in. And, uh, you know, interesting, you know, yeah, you got that right. Anyway, you, you walk over there at your own peril, but when you did usually at one or two in the morning, you would see that he was like, he was legit working on something, but he never did anything before that. So I was just amazed at his stamina, like his ability to do that and to maintain it because I was the exact opposite. I mean, I could never do that. Um, But also, he was the same way. He had people coming to see him all the time. I mean, there were always people coming in to talk to Mikey, even people in the company or somebody that had a question for him or just wanted to bullshit. I mean. Interesting how that works. Like,
0: your time gets occupied. Like, where you're you're not planned to have all this time occupation. It just happens. Yeah. Um, Because where the law of uh, magnetism just, like, sucks you in. Like, sucks other people into what you got going on? It sounds like that's what Mike and Cameron and, and yourself. Your uh, your room was was a hot place.
1: Well, no, well, it was a hot place, and it got even hotter at night because they would have. I mean, we probably. I don't know how many bottles of wine were drunk in that place, but it was probably it was probably north of a thousand. And I think I would be willing to bet if you went in that room today, you could probably find you know enough glass in the attic there to, Wait,
0: are you to build to, a
1: shop. Were you allowed to have wine in that room? We had special authorization from them. Special authorization? Uh, yeah, the head of whatever. Yeah, yeah, we weren't. No, you weren't. But I tell you what, he'd have it every night. It was like clockwork, right? I'd look around the corner. I'd hear <laughs> like a, you know, like a rapper, right? And you, I'd look, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, right? And then... It was gone, right? I'd get offered a glass from time to time, but I tell you what, there was more that was not offered to me than there was like offered to me, um, <laughs> which is which is fine.
0: Uh, it was an
1: it, it was it was an awesome room. I couldn't ask for more.
0: Yeah, that that would be a fun room. I mean, my yeah. my room was pretty fun too. I had a, a Baird Nun Roberts, dude uh, Baird Nun, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Ryan Marco. Uh, yeah yeah that's yeah. another one we lost but yeah um, you know none uh, no it was pretty fun
1: every now and then so no I remember I remember you know going by you guys room I, I, you guys had a good spot too
0: yeah <sighs> man good talk is there anything else on on Jordan Stevens mind that you've you know want to share with the group?
1: well no i mean you've asked uh a lot of people about struggles and stuff and i got plenty of them and still do i think the one thing that i have really struggled with with all of this stuff is just getting out of the grind to grind mentality i i had my head down for a very very long time pretty much starting with going to my ship as like the department head
0: yeah
1: and uh you know wasn't, wasn't paying attention to a lot of what's going on, kind of disconnected from things. And, and I don't think that's the way to do it. Um, and I don't think it leads to, to good thoughts and it's not a healthy thing. And I think we're all kind of figuring that out now. I don't know, something about your like 30s or like mid 30s where you're doing all these things and you're trying to build like a professional reputation that kind of pulls you away from some of that public interaction. And I don't, I don't think that's good. So I'm trying to pull out of that and I've tried to, to be more outward with people. And, uh, that's what I'm working on. I think it helps you show your kids how to do things too, which is always my motivation. So, um, that's a sticking point for me right now. Tell me more. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I just think that, uh, if you're going to, if I'm going to continue to like do this for six or seven, eight years or whatever it is, Navy stuff, I don't think it'll be any longer than that. Then I don't, I don't think it does you any service to remain isolated, right? Even with family, even with other stuff, you've, you've got to get out there more. you got to find public events. you got to go meet new people um, to the extent that you can. What makes
0: you feel isolated?
1: Well, I think what makes me feel the most isolated is keeping a schedule where you're just work, like exercise home, you know, work, go to dinner, then come home kind of thing where you're just keeping a regular schedule. You're never changing. You're never keeping yourself on your toes with things. You're never changing yourself up because then I felt what happened to me is your language starts to change. Your language starts to be repetitive. It starts to, it starts to be sort of, I don't know, apathetic in a way that you haven't been in the past. Um, and I see it with my own family. I mean, you watch it in other people and you're like, wait, am I, am I kind of slipping towards that? So I think being able to, like, listen to people's struggles and being able to listen to, like, you say the things that you have, I think I think that helps to be watchful of that kind of stuff. And sure. we've had, you know, we've had some pretty, like, eye-opening reasons to be <clears throat> watchful of that kind of shit, and you just got to work on it.
0: Yep. No, I feel you. No, I felt the yeah. same way, and that's, uh, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I started doing this is, um, you got to find, you know, um, new information, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you got to find a new thing to, to get you into that gets you out of that continuous routine of, you know, whatever you're doing. Um, and it, it's hard to explain, but I
1: think, uh, you said it well and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the Hey, I got a uh, I got a Coach Spence story because I wrote that down. I didn't want to not say it. Good. I had uh, so we were in North Texas. You remember that travesty uh, of it.
0: Uh, the the uh, the shootout of touchdowns?
1: Yeah. So awful day, right? But this was before it started. So we had just gotten there, and everybody you know everybody puts their stuff down and you go whatever you go to the bathroom whatever. So we go over to the bathroom, and I didn't play for him, right? So these interactions were very few, <laughs> and and. You go over to the bathroom to take a leak, and Doc Fair is in there, and Spence is in there, and I think it's Adam Ballard, right? And me. And then Adam Ballard says something like, Hey, Doc, like, don't you have a don't you have a ranch down here? You know, just like making a joke. And he goes, No, I don't have the ranch down here. It's Coach Spence that's got the ranch. And Uh-oh. Coach Spence, Coach Spence is taking a leak and he's staring at the ceiling. And he goes, Yeah, I got a ranch. I got that child support rant, <laughs> and I literally, I, I literally had to like I was holding the water bottle and I squeezed it so hard I was laughing so hard. And that guy, the second the second one I've got, I, he walked out of on a Friday night of of Ricketts Hall, and he had a full suit on, full suit. I didn't know, you know, it was like where are you it was ten at night. I'm sneaking down there to get away from the hall. He's coming out. I said, I said, Coach, where where are
0: you, where are you going?
1: You, going? Where, you know what are you doing? Where are you going? And he said, oh, "You'll never get me to tell Stevens." <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, "This this dude is next level, kind of different," um, because he yeah. was like, it, "It was like almost full tuxedo." Anyway, that's my that's my Coach Spence stories. Oh man, Coach Spence. That's that's yeah. a new one. I've never heard of that one. Um, yep. Interesting. And he had well, he had another one. He had one with you, and I don't think you'll remember this because we were sitting in the locker room, and he walked by. And you, were, you know, it was the morning or something. We were looking rough, and he, he was like, "He said, Tony Haber." And you're he like, "Hey, Coach." And he was like, "You got a, you got a picture of me in your room, don't you?" <laughs> oh, like, that. Uh,
0: do you remember yeah, that? I do. I do now. <laughs> it's weird how my my brain works. It just it doesn't remember a lot of things, but after you spark it, it's like, oh, I remember that now. So I
1: remember, I remember that because I remember thinking there's, I mean, Tony is looking at this dude like, get the fuck out of here!"
0: <laughs> hey, but you know what? Um, now that you sparked it, I probably won't yeah. ever forget that now.
1: Yeah. Well, good. For sure. Glad you remember it. <sighs> it's a good night. Yeah, dude. What else you got? Anything for me? Um, I'm loving these, and I—I I know you know what everybody's loving them. You got 300 damn downloads. It's like it's like you and like you know, people that are making these things for a living. It's like that's a lot. It's pretty awesome.
0: Dude, no, I'm having a good time with it. Uh, if you I'm could glad go, you are. if you could go back and tell younger Jordan Stevens to do something differently, yeah. either in
1: high school or in oh, naps, Jesus what would you Christ. do? What would you say? My God, man, it it, it would just be stop stop doing momentary things that are going to get you just completely in the wrong direction. Like don't, there's no, there's no need to focus on silly, stupid little things that upset you that you bring up or that you make a comment about that puts a target on you like that. When you're in an organization like the Naval Academy, there was no reason to do some of those things that made life so much worse. And whether you're trying to, you're trying to get a laugh or you're just doing it to entertain yourself, or whatever it was. It's like, just just take yourself a little bit more seriously. You don't have to you don't have to take yourself as seriously, but take the job seriously. There's no way in hell that I could ever convince anybody that I'm taking myself seriously, but you can you can take the job seriously the way that you handle yourself. And I I would have changed a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, th- just just to make things a little bit a little bit easier. I think I'm, I could I'm sure
0: done. we all would. You know. Uh, As we uh, grow up a little bit, but yeah, um, you gotta, you gotta take risks, period. Um, you gotta say things, you got to, uh, keep on moving and some of the things that you say, yeah, maybe.
1: Do you ever see see yourself with like, I don't know, you know, if you see yourself acting like your parents a little bit every now and then. Sure. I, I am 100% my mother's son and you can't like there's just some things you just 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 can't let go you know yeah and you wish you wish you could so you're your
0: mother's son
1: yeah oh i think so i think so for sure your dad was a
0: politician of some sort in in georgia i think right
1: yeah 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 good good memory he was uh he was in the state senate for state years yep Keep yeah. going with your mom's story. I just had to bring that up. Well, both my mom and my dad grew up in North Georgia in the in the, in the mountains. I mean, both of them. So it was it was a you know very sort of reserved Scotch Irish mountain folk kind of thing. Reserve very reserved people. You know what I mean? But that comes with certain territory. And for my mom, what that meant in a lot of ways is really biting down hard on things she didn't agree with. Or maybe saying things that you shouldn't when you know when you just couldn't hold your tongue, and I think I've done that a lot. And even when you try to play it down or you try to act differently, it still emerges in certain things. Turn it I mean, into a comedy. Um, I try. You know what I mean? It's well, like you're you good at the, it. You take these things and you just try to make those little weaknesses something different. And um, I deal with that a lot. It doesn't make me very easy to be like married to. I don't think sometimes, yeah. but. I mean, you know, that's one of a lot of things that don't, it's but a, it's certain, cer-
0: yeah. That's a journey in itself, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But you start to recognize things and you start to try to make those little corrections about it. And I consider those, some of those things, weaknesses or things I would have done differently in the past, but I do feel like I'm learning from them. Well,
0: you're on the right track then, what it sounds like.
1: What's your dad um, doing nowadays? Yeah, so he's at a he's been at Stone Mountain Park in Georgia, um, running that for a while since like 2012, maybe maybe I'm off on that 12 or 14, but he's been there for for quite some time now. Out of politics, having some fun. Yeah, out of it to a certain extent. I mean, if you've ever met people that have done it for a decade or so, they're never really they're never out of it. You know. Yeah. Um. So he goes to. He goes to functions and tries to stay involved and kind of looks at, I think we look at things very similarly. I don't know on most things, you know, some of the stuff now you, you kind of go, what, what's happening? But if you uh, had some good
0: conversations with him to kind of dive in and be like, Hey, tell me what I need to know about.
1: I have, I have, he's talked to me more in the last, uh, you know, decade and certainly more since I've had kids about things opening up about. A few things, but like I said, like there's... the birds
0: and the bees, the bees and the birds, the birds <laughs> and, the, and the you know, flies, and however that works. Is that I what never you're talking the... about, or
1: is it more than that? It's more than that. I never got the birds and bees conversation, maybe you did, but okay. I no, I was, I was thinking I was... about him
0: and politics and how to deal with that and all that policy. But
1: you'd get it. This is this is the thing, and I, I think I think your dad was probably very similar in that you'd get these little nuggets, you'd get these little you'd get these like two or three sentence little comments and you'd have, you'd have to piece that together yourself. You know yep. what I mean? It was ne- it was never going to be this long drawn out. Here's how life's going to go. This is my philosophy on things. No, it, it, it was a two or three sentence, very biting type. Here's, you know, here's my thought and you roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which I appreciate. It's obviously more than nothing, but it's not always, you don't always get the in-depth explanations that maybe you'd want or, That's the beauty of it
0: because things uh, like that life's not cut and dry, it's not black and white, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, man. And I and they they do that, they know that. I think I think our parents did a a better job of that than maybe we give them credit for. At least maybe I give them credit for. Maybe there is a little more thought behind some of that than just not wanting to dive into stuff deeper. But I mean, I do that too, I do it too,
0: yeah. I did the sigh. You did the sigh. Yeah. So I. Bad? Well, I don't know. I was just kind of like a uh, good reflection point. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, somebody's gonna have to turn this thing around and uh, interview you one of these days. When you get to a good stopping point, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we do Well,
0: that. everyone's interviewing me every time I interview you, so that's how I see it is.
1: I have learned a lot about you through other people, or at least listening to you talk about stuff. Yeah, some pretty solid stuff. I mean, the stuff you guys, you and you and Nicheck were talking about. It's, it's big stuff. Yeah, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. One day at a time. That's it, man. That's it. I got to come out to Louisville sometime and see you. You do. Let's go bass fishing.
0: I know you like. Yeah.
1: I'd love to, I think, and I'm not, you know, it's never a hundred percent, but I think we're leaving here and going to, uh, Colorado Springs. So I think I'll be out there for a few years. Colorado Springs. Uh, that's your next yeah. stop. Yeah, I think so. We're going to do there. I'll be a joint petroleum officer. So it was going to be something with fuels anyway. So I had to sort of In select something. Colorado Springs. Yeah. They have a Northcom out there. Yeah. Which is at the, uh, Space Force base. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, lots of joint exercises being planned out there, and it's, you know, I think it'll be either two or that blows two or three my years. mind.
0: Yeah, um, Colorado petroleum. Um, one day we'll find a different energy source that actually works, but
1: not today. So, no, man, I tell you what, it's it's it's, it's <laughs> it, you know, you could you could deny that, I guess, but they're definitely not making any plans for anything different
0: true because it's too expensive yeah dude jordo awesome to have you on today this is an awesome episode um i wish i could keep going um and and maybe i'll figure out some new questions to to string together for the next few folks but dude you're still funny
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thanks man it's that's all it's all i got if i lose that i mean it's just straight to hell from there so i gotta keep that going the humor guy tons of fun tons of fun thanks tony hey uh yeah keep these things going man we we love them so i appreciate it and uh it's it's great to see you
0: will do bud tell the family all i right. said hello i will do it man all right bud
1: see you thanks brother all right bye-bye